0: This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. Co-host Ethan Hamilton. And tonight we are previewing week eight of the NFL Slate 2021. But first, a few housekeeping notes. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on our mailing list this year or going forward, please send us a note there. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020, and you can now find every episode of the show on dynasty-download.captivate.fm. Finally, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. All right, let's get right into it. We're recording this on October 28th, 2021. As Thursday night football is going on in a little bit with the Green Bay Packers visiting the Arizona Cardinals. So we apologize in advance for any active rooting that will be going on for one side of that uh, matchup during this recording. But you should know by now, we're both dyed in the wool Packers fans. That being said, let's look back on Monday night football and then ahead to week eight. So first up, what were your fantasy impressions coming out of the Saints at the Seahawks on Monday night?
1: Were there any? I feel like it was a very quiet night fantasy-wise, um, besides DK. Um, other than that, I feel like it was a really quiet night as to what it was the whole week.
0: There were a lot of missed field goals. There was a lot of rain. Alvin Kamara had a huge day. That's about it. Like I, The like Alvin Kamara of old that would get... 12 carries and 50 yards, but would catch 10 passes and get somewhere around 80 yards and finish the day well over hundred yards and then be a fantasy stud as a result. That was what we got. I did not expect him to go with, I think it was like 10 catches and 128 yards or some ridiculous number. We'll have the final number uh, when we get to the bottom here. Cause that was a question of ours for the over unders from last week, but other than his stud day and basically one DK Metcalf catch. The saints don't have much of an offense outside of Alvin Kamara, especially before Michael Thomas comes back. And we still don't know what kind of player we're going to get when Michael Thomas comes back. And the Seahawks have an even lesser offense without Chris Carson and without Russell Wilson right now.
1: I really can't put too much more into it. It's, two teams that are really looking to find themselves. And I don't know if we're even going to know who these teams are in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, a lot to look forward to, but I think you summed it up perfectly.
0: I think the AFC is a little bit more mishmash that at least there's kind of a good middle to compete for stuff, but the NFC seems kind of decided right now. There are five really good slash elite teams and then there's a whole bunch of other teams kind of vying for who's going to be the last couple of uh, wild card teams that would end up facing like Dallas and Green Bay on the road in the first week of the playoffs and probably lose right away. I think that's what you're looking at, unfortunately, and that's kind of led to some bad football, at least to this point. So then let's look forward to week eight, then. What are you looking forward to this week?
1: A lot better matchups than we had this last week. I'm just looking for better football.
0: I think there are a few, I still see the potential of a lot of blowouts. I mean, the Rams and Texans does not look like an enticing matchup at all. Neither does Cincinnati and the jets, but you do have, you know, the, the Patriots who've looked better visiting uh, cross country to the chargers. And we obviously have this Arizona Packers game that I think most people probably think is the best of the weekend. So I, I think there are some matchups that are a little bit better And I am hoping for some better football. Dallas and Minnesota is an enticing matchup on Sunday night. So I I would be, I would be hoping for a lot better than we got last week. Let's just say that much. Let's get to the news. Then Patrick Mahomes should be a go on Monday night football. After a head injury, they're playing the giants. Do you expect him to fare any better than he did last week?
1: You would hope so. I mean, against the giants team, you would hope so, especially they're looking to find themselves as a football team. So Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think I'd be a little wary because I don't think the Giants defensive line is very bad. If you're going to beat the Giants, it's really their second and third corners, their linebackers. But the Chiefs have struggled against a lot of teams that have good defensive lines. I don't know if this is going to be vintage Mahomes or that he's somehow going to find himself after last weekend. But you would like to expect that the worst game of Patrick Mahomes' career where they didn't even score a single touchdown would be probably rock bottom. I have a hard time seeing him be that poor yet again against a Giants team that's given up a lot of points so far this season. Antonio Gibson still limited with his stress fracture in his shin. What do you think his prospects are against a Denver running game, or excuse me, Denver defense, that gave up a ton of yards to Dearness Johnson last weekend? I
1: mean, with the emergence of Jay JD McKissick as well. I I feel like they're going to slow play him back and not really give him a huge workload until he's a hundred percent healthy.
0: I don't know. I couldn't help but watch that Packer game and seem to think that Washington kind of just wanted to run the ball with him a lot for whatever reason. I think they were, they would have been better off trying to rest him maybe for a few weeks, put him on IR in that short term and essentially uh, let him heal but they seem to be going in an opposite direction I'm not sure what they're doing right now his efficiency is terribly down right now and I don't know if I would even start him except that Denver's offense has been poor enough lately that maybe you could keep this game closer run the football shorten the game and do some things on offense that you haven't been able to for the last few weeks especially if they can avoid some turnovers. From the same game, Jerry Judy is likely to return this week against the Washington football team. How does that affect this Denver offense when you talk about like Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton?
1: I don't know, man. With Teddy Bridgewater, we saw that he he, last year, you know, the offense is a little limited. I mean, I'm going to just keep going in on Teddy. Like he's a very good, serviceable quarterback, but you can get more potential out of that offense with a different quarterback. So I think it's kind of feast or famine. Someone's going to have a really good day, and I feel like the others are going to have pretty not-so-decent days. So it's kind of pick your poison for that one. Um, I, we all know how I feel about Jerry Judy as a route runner and everything like that, but I don't know. I'd feel more confident with him moving forward, especially in Dynasty with a different quarterback in town.
0: Well, until the offseason, they're not going to be getting somebody like Aaron Rodgers. So this is the situation you're going to have for the year. Courtland Sutton has at least been a decent enough play and sometimes in the elite category, but this offense has proven it can at least sustain two relevant pass catchers. I don't know if it has enough for three based on what I'm currently seeing. So if you expect that eventually one of these backs is going to get the primary ball carrier role, does the emergence of Jerry Judy take away from Cortland Sutton or does it take away from Noah Fant more in your mind?
1: You know, I think it kind of takes away from Cortland Sutton. I just, I think a tight end is a tight end for Teddy Bridgewater. I do think he kind of picks his poison with the wide receivers. Looking back on last year, I don't ever really remember where there was a week where uh, Anderson and DJ Moore both went off. Like, I just can't think of that.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's true, but it was a different offense. So I don't know. I think with Judy, unless he's going to be the deep threat, because really that's what Cortland Sutton's been so far. I think he's top three in the league in air yards per game. I think that they're still going to take deep shots to him, but I would say that fans numbers probably are more likely to come down in my mind. Dawson Knox still expected to miss the next two weeks yet. Do you have any filler tight ends that you might be able to get away with in the meantime?
1: Pick a name out of a hat. (laughs) Well, we're looking to provide that later. We've talked about it. Yeah, we've talked about it before. And I mean, tight end is very, very unpredictable.
0: Absolutely. Devontae Parker, Sterling Shepard, Dak Prescott, Nick Chubb, and Rob Gronkowski all returned to practice this week. Uh, They all look like they're going to probably play this weekend. Out of any of these, who do you think has the biggest impact fantasy wise coming back this weekend? I
1: think it's going to be Nick Chubb and Dak Prescott for sure. I mean, those are the guys. I feel like Rob Gronkowski, yeah, he'll get a couple of red zone targets. But Sterling Shepard, there's still other wide receivers. Devontae Parker who's never really lived up to the hype his entire career. But I think like Nick Chubb comes back, he's going to get the bulk of the carries. Dak Prescott, we know what the Cowboys offense is. So I think those are two guys.
0: I would probably say you're right. An elite quarterback leading a top-team offense, if he's going to play, would probably have more of an effect than just about anybody. And we already saw that the Browns, we still don't know what the status of Baker Mayfield is going to be for this weekend, but that the Browns are going to run the football. I think from a fantasy perspective, you expect that even without Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb is going to have a potentially valuable day, even against Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown, doubtful for this weekend, was seen with a crutch in Uh, Buccaneers practice this week. And Chase Claypool is also limited, but he may be on track to play out of either of these rest of the season. Do you think either of these has a major impact on teams yet?
1: No, not yet. I don't think any of them. I mean, like Antonio Brown's is an ankle. I feel like he'll come back from that. Um, Chase Claypool is already looking to come back at some point. So yeah, these guys will be back this season. It's, the dings of playing football for 17 weeks now.
0: Kadarius Tony and Saquon Barkley still not in practice this week, although there are thoughts they could return against Kansas city. How would that change the giants offense in a incredibly good matchup against the chiefs defense right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Saquon, I feel can really feast on this Kansas city defense. I mean, I would try to get him the ball any way possible, not just handing him the ball, but throwing in the ball out of the backfield as well. I feel like Tony, he's still, there's still a lot of question marks for him. Yeah. He had that really big uh, game that one week, but um, we're still trying to figure out who he is and what he can do. So, um, but Saquon for sure can eat against this Kansas city defense.
0: I think they are two explosive players that could have very good days, but We still have yet to see them on the practice field. I don't know if I would be counting on them for sure for this weekend. I would definitely have a backup plan if I plan to start either of them or had either of them in my lineup currently. Uh, Miles Sanders is likely out for this week. What are the prospects of Kenneth Gainwell, assuming the lead role in that backfield against the Detroit Lions, and what do you expect from him this weekend?
1: Yeah, I guess let's just knock one of these start-sit questions out right away. If you have Kenneth Gainwell, yeah, stick him into your lineup and feel comfortable about it. Even when Miles Sanders is available, he's still somebody that's been very, very productive in the Eagle offense. And now with him not even being there at all, you can expect that, yes, he's going to get the start, and he's going to get a majority of the carries as well. So or gain- Kenneth Gainwell is a for sure start for me and should do pretty well.
0: I know that there are people in our league or that have been a part of this show that are higher on him than I was. You and Ben specifically. I don't know. I don't think that the Eagles have done enough to run the football. Yes, it's a good matchup with the Detroit Lions who allow a lot of yards on the ground and a lot of points to fantasy running backs. But they did just basically shut down uh, Darrell Henderson last week against the Rams. And I think this is a trendy upset pick for this weekend, even though the Eagles defense will come back later on in the program. I don't know if he's necessarily as guaranteed a start for me, given that Miles Sanders was not necessarily a set it and forget it starter, even when he was in, he was not getting a lot of the goal line work that was going to Jalen hurts. He was not getting a ton of carries. And even though Kenneth Gainwell does supplement it with the uh, catches, I have to see it to believe it just personally. I don't think combining the two stat lines is necessarily even for a flex viable for this first week. If Miles Sanders is out another week and Kenneth Gainwell has a good one, then maybe we can talk about it next week. But I'm just not as certain as other people are for this weekend. Debo Samuel missed practice this week with the dreaded calf injury that has popped up a lot this year relative to any other I've seen. Do the 49ers have another pass catcher that you'd be uh, willing to start even against the bears?
1: No, not really. Brandon Iuke hasn't really done anything so far this year and with the 49ers and just the injuries that they've had to deal with, I don't even know if that's kind of a team fantasy wise that I want to be messing around with a lot too, um, outside of um, lies the running backs name escaping me. right Eli now. Mitchell. Yes. So yeah. For me, I don't really think there's a wide receiver that kind of takes over for that.
0: Yeah, especially with George Kittle out. I don't know if I would want to touch too many of these, and it's not a great matchup going on the road to the Bears either. I agree. Trade deadline for the NFL is next week, but your league is probably a few weeks, or your league's trade deadline is probably a few weeks away. But you should be monitoring for potential players. We've mentioned it on the last couple of episodes. On the move, like Evan Ingram, basically the entire Texans offense, Marlon Mack. I haven't heard too many others, but basically uh, Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Deshaun Watson could all be moving at some point. And speaking of which Mark Ingram was dealt to the saints. Is there any one particular player outside of maybe Deshaun Watson that we talked about on Monday that you think could have a fantasy impact if they moved on somewhere else?
1: Marlon Mack, I feel like in the right situation, like before he got injured, I know it feels like so long ago, but before he got injured, he was a pretty relatively decent fantasy option. Somebody that you could feel pretty comfortable having as a second running back in your lineup. So depending on where he lands, yeah, absolutely. Marlon Mack, I think if he's completely healthy, he can be that guy.
0: I think so too. I think the other one would be, depending on where he lands, Brandon Cooks has proven himself to be good, even with backup quarterbacks. And my dad was talking to me today. I don't know where he confirmed this or not, but allegedly Green Bay is making a play for Aaron or uh, Brandon Cooks. If he ends up in the Green Bay offense alongside Devontae Adams, where he's no longer doubled, I think that may actually benefit his fantasy perspective. Yeah, he won't be the sole figure and his volume may decrease, but he is a big play waiting to happen. So he's got enough bona fides that I I do think that that might be an advantageous one and uh, something to look out for coming into next week. All right. Game of the week. I have Dallas at Minnesota on Sunday night. Dallas favored currently on the road minus one and a half. What is your game of the week?
1: Uh, I'm going to go Buccaneers at Saints Um, between these two, two, Conference opponents uh, looking for the first place lead as well. So I think that'll be a good one.
0: I agree with you. I think from a standpoint that the Buccaneers have always had trouble with the Saints' defense in a way that they haven't with some of the other teams. This is still a rivalry game. And we're not that far removed from the Buccaneers possibly losing in the Superdome last year during the playoffs, even with a beat up Drew Brees. And we could be talking about a completely different league if Tom Brady had lost with the Buccaneers already at that point because I don't think most of those guys come back if they don't win the Super Bowl last year in the way that the Buccaneers have reassembled everybody. For the Dallas-Minnesota game, I just think it'll be an interesting matchup that could be very high scoring. There are a lot of big fantasy players with uh, both of those teams combined coming off of a bye. You have Zeke, you have Delvin Cook, you have uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalton Schultz, Uh, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. I mean, guys that have been involved in a lot of fantasy lineups for the year. I think it could be a fun game that uh, scores a lot of points. So I'm just kind of looking forward to that, even though I wish both teams could lose personally. Uh, Upset of the week. I have the 49ers visiting the Chicago Bears plus four. Somehow the Bears are giving four points at home to a 49ers team that Kind of looked listless against the Indianapolis Colts last week. I think the Colts are better than they have been and are actually a decent team. But I don't know if I would be giving that many points to Chicago at home, no less, especially with how poor that the 49er offense has been and that their defense hasn't been great. I think that Chicago could effectively run the ball in this game. And really, I'll take them to just win straight up on this one. Who is your upset of the week?
1: I'm going to go with the football team against the Broncos. Let's see. Broncos are three and a half favorites against Washington. I feel like Washington can take that cover and win. So I'm going to go Washington.
0: Is that game in Denver? I think that that's why, uh, yeah, I think that's why they're favored because I think this would be basically a 50 50 game on a neutral field. I don't really believe in either team, but Denver is kind of a difficult place to play. But still, with the way that Washington played last week, they could have really been in that game with Green Bay had they not had so many turnovers and just bad mistakes that they Mm -hmm. uh, inflicted upon themselves. All right, let's go to start sit for the week. First one up, we already talked about, uh, so let's just skip Kenneth Gainwell if we've uh, sufficiently covered that one.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so the next one up I had was T. Higgins. Start or sit?
1: I think it's T. Higgins week. You know, the the Jets only have really the ability to stop one of them, right? And I think they're going to focus all their energy on Jamar Chase. We know the Jets' defense in secondary is terrible. I can see T. Higgins falling into the end zone once, maybe even twice. So I'm going to go T. Higgins
0: week. Given that they were up big and still throwing the ball against Baltimore last week, and the fact that T. Higgins had about 15 targets in that game, I think that it's likely that he's going to get a lot of attention in this game because if the Jets are going to do anything, they're going to try and take away Jamar Chase. So give me T. Higgins in a week that the Jets are going to have some real problems without Zach Wilson. Not that they were really great with Zach Wilson, but they're going to be even worse with Joe Flacco at quarterback right now. Robert Woods versus Houston. Start or sit?
1: Man, uh, we know the back or the backfield. We know the wide receiver room belongs to Cooper Cup. I really don't think that this game, the game script, is not going to help Robert Woods. So I'm going to go sit. They're going to be in garbage time a lot earlier than than they want to be. Not want to be, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, Cooper Cup is on pace to like match or beat a lot of uh, Randy Moss's 2007 season, the one where he set the single season touchdowns record, and If anybody's going to get anything, it's probably him, even though Robert Woods did have that one really big game against uh, the Seahawks a couple of weeks back. I just really don't expect that he's going to be able to have enough, like you said, in-game script for it to make sense to probably rely on him for big production or fantasy points. And realistically, the uh, Texans don't have much to stop the run. I think this is a big Darrell Henderson game. And Cooper Cup is going to get his. That doesn't leave a lot left for uh, Robert Woods. So, unfortunately, even in a good matchup, I would say probably sit as well. Damian Harris versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Start or sit?
1: I'm going to go with um, sit, and I'm going to say game script as well. I think the Chargers have been sitting on that loss, that terrible, terrible loss for two weeks now. I think they come up firing, and I don't think this game is relatively close for far too long. So I want to go sit.
0: I think he is an absolute start. I think he could finish inside the top five of running backs this week. The Chargers give up a ton of yards on the ground to running backs. They're one of the worst defenses for fantasy running backs to go against. Well, excuse me. One of the best defenses for fantasy running backs to go against as Uh, A matter of fact, I think the Patriots have been better the last few weeks. I think this is actually going to be a very entertaining game, and I could see him going well over 100 yards, multiple touchdowns on the ground in this game. Give me Damian Harris as a starter. Javante Williams versus the Washington football team. Start or sit?
1: Yeah, I feel like it should be a start because I feel like he should own this backfield by now. I feel like they need to feed him, but I don't think they've gotten to that point yet. And uh, for that reason, I think it's, a sit. it's an inconsistency for me.
0: I think at some point he has to take over the majority of carries for this team. They're looking for a spark, and I think this might be the week to get it. I think that he's going to get into the end zone at least once, so that'll put him in decent territory as a running back. For me, he's a start this weekend because I think at some point he's going to have this breakout. Why not against Washington and their defense that has been so porous so far this season? Miles Gaskin versus the Buffalo Bills. Starter set.
1: Yeah, uh, set. The Bills um, against the the Dolphins, right? We don't really think it's going to be all that close. I'm going to
0: go sit. I'm going to lean towards sit, but I don't think that he's the worst option. I think if you have better options, and there are plenty of options that you could start over this, but if you're towards the end of your bench and it's between him and some of the other ones that we have on this list that we're going to list as sit. uh, I do think that miles Gaskin has had his best games when he's catching balls out of the backfield. And that's normally in games that the the dolphins have been behind and having to score late. So if that's a game that uh, I would assume, and yes, Buffalo crushed the dolphins in week two, but that was after Tua had gotten hurt and they really weren't the same team. So I think that this could be a sneaky Miles Gaskin game if you start him at the end of your lineup in one of your flex spots. But again, I would probably be more comfortable starting other guys ahead of him. Brandon Bolden versus the Los Angeles Chargers this weekend. Start or sit?
1: Sit for the same reasons I said for Damian Harris. I don't care what you said. No, I just, like I said, I just, I personally do not see this game being close enough where running backs on New England is going to play a uh, big enough role in the game plan.
0: I don't think he's going to have the same role he did last week with the amount of catches out of the backfield and yardage that he ended up having in order to be an effective start. I would agree on this one as a sit because... We've only seen it really the one week of massive fantasy production, and it was when they were up big against the Jets. So I really don't feel that he's uh, worth the start just yet. And I also don't think that they're going to be throwing the ball to their backs against the Chargers right now that have given up a lot of points on the ground and through the air so far this season. For me, he's also a sit. And uh, for what it's worth, I don't care if you agree with me or not, just as long as America (laughs) agrees with me anyway oh, there we go Odell Beckham Jr versus the Pittsburgh Steelers start or sit
1: I'm going to go sit until I see something you know I we keep bringing up OBJ and not just us I mean everybody talking about what he was his rookie year he hasn't been anything since those first couple of years in New England and What I have to say, I guess, to that is, you know, we keep, it's really just a name for us now. It's a name and his style and the flash that he brings to the game, but the production on the field is not there. So I'm going to go with sit for OBJ.
0: I would go sit too, for the exact same reasons. I have to see it first at this point, we know that he's got explosive plays in him, but For whatever reason, Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield just cannot get him the ball, and he ends up injured halfway through the game in almost every game. Now, he's at least been able to come back and play, but his productivity is just not there to warrant starting in your lineup and feeling comfortable, even in a good matchup. So, for me, this is also a sit. Adam Thielen versus the Dallas Cowboys. Start or sit?
1: I think it's a start. Uh, because the Vikings are going to have to store, score points to stay in this uh, football game. Anyway, uh, Jamar, Jamar chase, uh, Justin Jefferson hasn't been the same player that he was last year. That's not to say that he's not a very good wide receiver or anything like that, but the touchdowns aren't all there. The yardage isn't all there. Even the targets and everything isn't all there, which makes Adam Thielen seem a little more appealing. So I'm going to go start for Adam Thielen.
0: I think Thielen, he's had a couple of down games and that's why I ended up benching him on my own team against the Carolina Panthers. Then he had that breakout. I think part of this is, is that Justin Jefferson's drawing the top coverage guy from each team now in a way that he wasn't even last season. So when we talk about Dallas, it's been the Trayvon Diggs show so far And in this particular case, I think he's going to end up being on Justin Jefferson. So KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen are going to draw much more favorable matchups. And we saw that Adam Thielen still has the ability to roast guys that are just not quite at his level. For me, this is also probably a start. I have kind of a tough decision at the end of my bench between him and Amari Cooper at this point, next one up we had Leonard Fournette versus the new Orleans saints.
1: Man, I wish I knew, you know, um, Three weeks ago, we were talking about how Leonard Fournette was a surefire, you know, our running back two, right, in our lineup. But even with as good as he has been doing, and he hasn't done anything wrong, we saw a lot of carries for Ronald Jones. I think the Buccaneers are still trying things out, and as good as that works for them in real football, it's not great for us in the fantasy football realm. So I really don't know what to say for Leonard Fournette. I I am going to say start, but I don't feel relatively great about it.
0: Leonard Fournette gets his points by catching balls out of the backfield in a way that both Gio Bernard and uh, Ronald Jones have not done for this team to this point. But why would he be catching balls out of the backfield if Tampa Bay is already scoring, which I imagine that they would be. So I don't think he's moving the ball that way. The Saints also have a great run defense. I just think this is a terrible matchup and the way he's going to be utilized is going to be minimal comparative to game script of what else that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to do in this game. Even though he had a decent playoff game against the Saints last year, I just don't envision him being a huge focal point of the game plan going into this one and being productive. I would say that you probably look for better options just personally because even though I know almost everybody's going to start him, I just think he's going to have a down week personally. Jalen Waddell versus the Buffalo Bills. Start or sit?
1: I'm going to go start. We've seen some consistency out of him, and they're going to need to pass the ball to even stay on the same field as this Buffalo Bills football team. So I'm going to go start for Jalen Waddle.
0: I think he's a good flex play this week. That's about as high as I'm willing to go, but there's probably going to be some garbage time in this game, and you do like the amount of volume he gets with Tua and the rapport that they have. I go start as well. J.D. McKissick versus Denver. Start or sit?
1: Um, until Antonio Gibson is a hundred percent, I'm going to go with this as a start. He's just too valuable in the passing game, I think, especially if they can seriously get him involved in the game plan.
0: Yeah, we did see that the Browns running backs got a lot of play both on the ground and through the air last week. And I would expect that, uh, we'll probably see that again, especially if Gibson is not able to really be a focal part of the game plan. You know that Washington's going to have to do something through the air in order to win this game. I expect that until Antonio Gibson is right and healthy that he's going to be a part of this, either that or the Washington defense improves and they're trying to run the ball late in order to basically wear out the clock and that's never JD McKissick's time on the field. Michael Carter versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Start or sit?
1: Uh, I'm going to go sit. I'm not starting anyone on the Jets right now, especially not against the red hot Bengals team. So I'm going to go sit. Real simple for me.
0: I've liked what I've seen from his volume and usage lately, but anybody with Joe Flacco at quarterback right now is not going to be a productive offense. I also go sit. Underrated studs of the week. These are guys going outside of the top 10 of projections for the week, but that we think could finish inside the top 10. First up, my quarterback of the week. I have Kirk Cousins versus the Dallas defense. Dallas's defense outside of getting turnovers has been really allowing a lot of yards, not necessarily points to this juncture in the season, but I do like the amount of weapons and options that Kirk Cousins has in this game. And I do think that they're going to put up a lot of points, even though I would probably call Dallas to win this game. I'll go with Kirk Cousins as my underrated quarterback of the week. Who do you have as your underrated quarterback?
1: I'm going to go Daniel Jones against the Chiefs. I mean, really, enough said. Chiefs have been terrible on defense, so um, I'm going to take a fly. You know, Daniel Jones actually hasn't been all that bad this year either. He just plays for a really shitty team. Um, So Daniel Jones for the Chiefs for me.
0: I like the pick, especially in the matchup, and if he gets a lot of his playmakers back, I think this might be a no-brainer one. Uh, James Robinson for me against Seattle as my underrated running back of the week. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. James Robinson has been great. I think he's had one game that he didn't get to 20 points in like the last four, and that was the game before the bye that was only 17 points. He only got to 17 points. Wah, wah. Against the Seattle defense, that is one of the worst against the run in football right now and gives up tons of points to running backs. I know that this is a Jacksonville-Seattle game that almost no one's going to watch, but I I think James Robinson's in for a potentially big game. Who is your underrated running back of the week?
1: I'm taking a flyer here with Chase Edmonds against the Packers. Um, If the game does stay close, and part of me feels like it's not going to, but if the game does stay close, I do feel like the uh, Cardinals are going to use Chase Edmonds um, in the passing game a decent amount against a pretty banged up Packer defense.
0: Not bad, not bad. All right. My underrated wide receiver of the week again comes from one of my favorite games of the week. Give me CD lamb versus the Minnesota Vikings. Even though I think he'll draw the premier matchup against Patrick Peterson. I just don't think it's going to matter. I think they're going to carry over. He started to heat up that last game before the bye with the uh, Patriots and he had the touchdown and overtime. I think he is ready for uh, busting out for the rest of the season in a way that um, makes you say, why didn't I trade for this guy sooner? Give me CD lamb this weekend against Minnesota. Who is your underrated wide receiver of the week?
1: I'm going to go Chris Godwin versus saints, especially with Antonio Brown not, uh, playing this weekend. I feel like that in itself is a no brainer. So Chris Godwin saints,
0: especially with Mike Evans, probably drawing Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, those two have a history together and I'm sure Lattimore is going to want to shadow him directly. I think that leaves a lot of targets for Godwin in the middle of the field. Uh, Good pick. Uh, Mike Gusecki for Miami Dolphins versus Buffalo. I know it's not the greatest matchup, but we already said they're going to need to throw a lot in this game. You know that there's a rapport. He's been putting up elite level volume and points so far this season in the few weeks since week one. I think that he's underrated, even going as the 11th best tight end projected for the weekend. Give me Mike Gusecki. Who is your tight end of the weekend?
1: I'm going to go Zach Ertz against the Packers. I said it before, banged up secondary. I do see him falling into the end zone tonight. Uh, So I'm going to go Zach Ertz.
0: All right, then we go to defensive stream of the week. These are teams rostered in less than 50% of leagues that we think you could stream to start. Uh, Mine is the Philadelphia Eagles against the Detroit Lions. I think that the Detroit Lions have a two-week cycle every time. They do really well and they compete hard and then they come close and then they lose against a team they probably should have beaten. And then the next week they fall flat on their face. Well, they came within nine points on the road at the Rams. And I know this is the trendy upset pick, but I think that Philadelphia could actually get Detroit this weekend. Give me the Philadelphia defense that's actually pretty good against a Detroit offense that I think has yet to find itself. And Jared Goff is still way off target. Uh, Who is your defensive stream of the week?
1: Uh, I'm going to go Seattle versus Jacksonville. I, you know, i said it a million times. I don't think the Jacksonville offense is super great outside of James Robinson. Um, I do think that Seattle is still fighting for a playoff spot. They know Russ is coming back. So I do think that side of the ball, they know they do have to step up. So I'm going to go Seattle versus Jacksonville. They have to have this game.
0: And then we go long shots of the week. These are guys going outside the top 20 of their position that we think could finish inside the top 10. I'll start with Javante Williams versus the Washington football team. Again, I'm kind of calling his breakout. I think that this is a good matchup. I think Denver needs more explosive players. And even though Melvin Gordon's good, he is not the future of this team. I'll go Javante Williams this weekend. Who is your first long shot?
1: Uh, I'm going to go Chubba Hubbard, but I feel like I have him playing against the wrong team. Who does Carolina play this weekend?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I completely. Yeah, I think
1: I marked it wrong. Uh, Atlanta. In my
0: Atlanta. They're playing Atlanta.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly the reason why. Going against the Atlanta Falcons, I don't really think that defense is all that amazing as well. Uh, so I'm going to go Chubba Hubbard against um, the Falcons.
0: All right, my second one up. This is a guy that I can't believe he's not at least inside the top 20 of projections for the weekend, given his recent success and the fact that the Titans are starting a bunch of nobodies in their secondary right now. I know that they played really well against Kansas City, but this is doing this guy a little bit too much disrespect in my mind. Give me Michael Pittman against the Tennessee Titans this weekend. Who is your second long shot?
1: I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton. Um, I do think that he is going to be the guy. You know, we, I said, you got to pick your poison out of him. And he's the one that I think is going to be the one that's pr- productive this weekend. Good call good call
0: over unders for the week. Uh, we'll just recap quickly last week for the first one up. We had 119 and a half receiving yards for Devonte Adams against the Washington football team. Both of us took the over. He had 76 yards receiving. We both missed on that one more total yards. We had Debo Samuel or Jonathan Taylor, Both of us took Jonathan Taylor, but this one was closer than uh, originally we thought. Taylor only won this game 110 to 100 yards receiving for Debo Samuel. I would have thought that with one maybe like jet sweep or reverse or something that Debo might be a little bit closer in the running, but it really wasn't too far away. Two and a half touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes versus Tennessee. We all know how that uh Ended up, but both of us took the over. We both missed that one. 139.5 yards for Derrick Henry versus the Kansas City Chiefs. We both took the over, but it eventually was the under. He only had 102 uh, total yards for that game combined with his receiving. It, it was the first time since I think week one that he was held under 100 yards rushing at 86. points scored in the Atlanta at Miami game. You took the under, I said the over, it ended up being 58 total points. So I got that one more rushing yards, Lamar Jackson or Joe Mixon. You took Mixon. I took Jackson. Jackson ended up having 88 to Mixon's 56. Uh, I just think that uh, they weren't able to throw the ball as effectively as they had in other weeks. And so Uh, unfortunately Lamar Jackson had to rely on his legs to a detriment, unfortunately to their team when they were trying to come back one and a half rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts versus the Las Vegas Raiders. We both took the under, we didn't think it could be sustained for three weeks in a row and basically tie a 70 year old record. And he didn't have a single rushing touchdown in that game. 29 and a half fantasy points for Matthew Stafford versus the Detroit Lions. You had the under, I had the over. He ended up with 33.5 for the weekend. Do either of the Lions or Texas stay within 10 points of the Cardinals and um, Rams, respectively? We both said no. Unfortunately, the Lions lost by only nine in that game and actually kept it relatively close up until the end, save for a couple of turnovers. But that was a a much closer game due to their 10-point lead that they uh, sustained in the first quarter. Finally, we had 129.5 total yards for Alvin Kamara versus Seattle. Both of us took the over on that one. He ended up with 179 total yards in that game, only 51 of which was on the ground. So for the season right now, I am 15 and 19 on the overs. You are 14 and 16, and my dad was 3 and 2 the one week he was on the show. Let's take it to this week's over-unders. First one up. We have more yards this weekend. Michael Pittman or A.J. Brown? Man, that's
1: a good question. Um, I'm going to go A.J. Brown. He's healthy. I I think the Titans know that it's got to be more than just Derrick Henry. So I think they're going to try to get him the ball as well, especially now that he's healthy. So I'm going to go A.J. Brown.
0: I'm also going to go A.J. Brown just because I think this – is somewhat of a toss-up, but I think A.J. Brown's the more explosive player. And we've already seen a couple of weeks ago that the Colts can be susceptible to long passing plays and stuff that he's really adept at. I think the Colts are going to focus on trying to stop Derrick Henry first, and that's going to allow some open passing lanes for A.J. Brown in a way that I don't think Michael Pittman's going to have in this game, or at least not in the same way. More team rushing yards, the Bears or the 49ers in their game this weekend?
1: It's a great question, too. Uh, I'm going to go Bears just because I think Herbert can um, do it himself. I think with the 49ers, it's a lot of where we have to make it this way. You know, they design it that way. I think with the Bears, it's more so they can turn around, give him the football, and he can run for a decent amount of yards. So I'm going to go with Herbert and the Bears.
0: I think that I'll go with the Bears as well. And I think part of it has to do, yes, Justin Fields has not been – particularly adept with his legs. But for that being said, I think that he is more of a running threat than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that the Niners are going to get some yards on the ground, but I also like the Bears defense, especially their rushing defense. than I do the 49ers. I think if I'm going to pick the Bears as my upset of the week, I'm going to take them as the more rushing yards as well. I'll take the Bears. 37.5 points for Cincinnati versus the New York Jets over or under
1: i going to go over and I think they all belong to the Bengals.
0: <laughs> well, I didn't mean for the total game. I just meant for the Bengals. So you're still oh. taking the over. Yeah, I'll take it. I think so too. I think after the Jets gave up that many points, I think they're going to have a bunch of turnovers in this game. This is, might be one where the Cincinnati defense ends up making a statement that they're also for real, not just the Bengals offense that's been on an absolute tear so far. And I think this is going to be another one where Jamar Chase has another big game. Give me the over on that as well. Cooper cup eight and a half catches versus the Houston Texans this weekend over or under.
1: And I just, the only thing that's getting me is the game script. I don't know if he's going to need to catch that many. So I'm going to take the under.
0: I'm going to take the over because there are only two out of seven games so far this season that he has yet to go under. Most of his games, he's getting about nine or 10 catches a game. And I just think that even in a bad matchup, that he's going to be a focal point of their offense. Houston has nothing that they can do to stop him right now. Give me the over on this one. Final over under for the week, Dalvin or Zeke, more yards, more total yards. Let's go with that uh, in their week uh, or Sunday night football matchup.
1: I'm going to go Dalvin. He's more involved, I believe, in the passing game, and he doesn't really have somebody that changes the pace the way Tony Pollard does for Zeke.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. I'll go in the same direction. I think it's Dalvin just because he's more involved, and Zeke does give a little bit of uh, leeway to Tony Pollard. They're a little bit more dynamic of an offense where they have a few more weapons to spread the ball around to. So give me Dalvin as well. All right. Thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We appreciate you. We will be back again later this week to, well, excuse me, next week to recap week eight. But until then,
1: until then, good luck, everybody.
0: Go Pack Go. If you'd like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. Also, you can now follow us on Twitter at DYDownload2020. Find every episode of the show at Dynasty-Download.Captivate.fm. And as always, please follow, rate, and review the show so that more people can discover that Dynasty Fantasy is the best form there is. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our music is thanks to Purple Planet Music. Our technical provider and distributor is Captivate FM.